What does waking up as a modern woman actually feel like? I asked a friend who had recently gone through an awakening if she would like to share from her close noticing of her internal walk. And lucky us, she said yes. Megan articulates the process of waking up to herself inside an existing marriage and career and shares the realization in this episode that wherever you go, there you are. So it's really best to embrace the soul journey every step of the way. It's been an honor to witness this woman. And thank you so much, Megan, for being here today. Hello, and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering, and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hey, we're here with Megan today. Hi, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So good to be with you. So good to be here. So at the beginning of every episode, we take three breaths into the hearts of ourselves, and then we connect with the hearts of all of the women who will listen to each episode. And when I was just doing that, there was this special noticing about how this episode is different than what I've recorded so far. And I want to thank you for for being here and sharing a different kind of story, but also one that I just felt was going to resonate so deeply into the hearts of so many women who are listening. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, It's allowed me to further explore and deepen as I prepare to talk to you today. So thank you for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked Megan to do a relatively brave thing <laughs> and come come on to this podcast. And the intuition or the you know download that I had about what this podcast was, the tagline for the podcast just came really clearly from the beginning, modern women waking up to the truth of who they are. And when I met Megan, you were in an awakening. I would call it that. I think I've heard you call it that. Yes, I would call it that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was this recent intense. I think we met about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I thank you for just staying close and I've been able to, you know, watch your journey. But so I asked Megan to come onto the podcast and talk about this process of awakening as an adult woman, as a career woman, as a wife, as a mother, um, 
Yeah. And, just, and, and one of the things I so deeply appreciate, appreciate about you, Megan, is your close noticing of your process. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to be here today and the courage that it, it requires to talk about some of the things that I'm asking you to share. Yes. Yes. It was a, a full body. Yes. When you asked me and I've, um, have lived into that, into this mm. process. Mm. Yeah. Because we talked about it about two months ago or something, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start there. Like what came up when I did ask you, there was a full body. Yes. Anything else? <laughs> uh, probably a holy shit. What? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I'm finding that with some frequency, I have a full body. Yes. But my mind, it takes my mind longer. Um, to get there, to have, um, you know, to not notice dissonance between the two. And um, lately, I've just been choosing to live as if, as if the yes that I'm hearing that I will, um, will, will get there. And, you know, part of once you asked me, and then you asked me to selected, you know, to decide a date to, to have this conversation was I gave myself some time and space to be able to, um, you know, give myself so that I could get there all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. So this knowing the yes, honoring the yes, and then knowing that when we put something on the calendar, we're going to live into that. Yes. I Absolutely. Like Absolutely. So let's go way back because when I met you, it was fast and furious. Mm, yes, it was. <laughs> it was. It was not the um, the you know privilege of two months in advance. Mm. Like we're gonna we're gonna cross this bridge. It was happening. <laughs> yeah. So can we go back there? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So i I just want to open this up broadly and let you share. So you well tell us what you know, you you have a career, you have a family, and then you realize that like holy shit, I'm in the process of an awakening. Yeah. So, you know, frequently in your in your introduction to the podcast, you say, um, you wake up and you realize, hey, I left something of myself back there. Yeah. And for me, I think that really resonates. So um, I, I just was in the depths of feeling like I was surviving my life. And interesting, there was just this kind of one final thing that just really kind of sealed the deal. And it had to do with um, my husband had a, he broke his foot and um couldn't drive and just the logistics of managing our life just really felt like a bottom. And um, then I went, uh, you know, a little bit later, I went to my college reunion. It was my 20th college class reunion. And I remembered, and that, that was my, the, my moment. I remembered 
that, you know, way back there when I was a teenager into early adulthood, I always thought I was special. Like I just always had this kind of knowing deep in me. And being back in this place where maybe I was at the peak of embodying my essence and seeing that part of me reflected back in close friends' eyes. Um, it just reminded me of the parts of myself that I had stopped nurturing long ago. Mm. And, you know, then there was a big drive home. And it was, I just knew this is, something's going to be different. And that was when the twisty process of walking to back to myself really began. And, um, and, and it was, you know, maybe a month later when I found you and I was in, in the twisties. I was in the deep, dark part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So grateful for that acupuncturist that was like, well, Sarah Poet's doing this thing. I think she does some Reiki. And so you called me for Reiki. (laughs) And I didn't even know what Reiki was. I was like, (laughs) I don't know what that is, but maybe. And I think that for me, there was just a, there was just a desperation. Yeah. You were in it. Of when you're just in this place of it's so dark, it's just, you feel desperate to climb out. And I was very accustomed to efforting and doing in my life. And it was a real wake up call to realize that these strategies, which I was damn good at, wouldn't work. And Um, so in this kind of moment of desperation, you know, I was just talking to people and asking and trying to, I I didn't know at the time, but I was just looking for the next breadcrumb, you know, like, okay, what's the way I, I would have said at the time, what's the way out, but I learned that it's the way through. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, there was almost a, you wanted out. There was like a, get me out of here. This is uncomfortable. It was, it was simultaneously a get me out of this and uh, like, wow, there's something big. And I feel like there's something big on the other side of this. Um, it was, can I leap the fence? You know, can I, is there an easy way to get to the other side um, mm. was what I was looking for. Yeah. And I love what you said just a moment ago about you had strategies that had worked and here oh, yeah. you were like managing job and husband with a broken foot and two young children. And just you, you knew how to get things done you know, right. some of this is like my own projection here as a woman, but yeah, like speak to that. So those strategies, I, I want to go back to that because it, it's like you, you were recognizing that you had forgotten an aspect of yourself mm-hmm. and then you're recognizing that, oh shit, the strategies that I have are not going to work in this kind of situation. Like what was, what was that? 
Yeah. So once I kind of was, was in that place, oh, I, I tried the effort. I tried to use all the strategies that I knew how to do and was really good at um, hmm. and was finding no peace. And the one place that I felt like was my life raft was meditating. And I had had, I don't know that I would call it a meditation practice prior to that. I would say that I dabbled in meditation, but I just, one day I just started doing it. And then I started doing it twice a day. And I just, I found a reprieve from mind and the stories that I was attaching to what I was experiencing. And, and then there was this point where it was like, well, hell, I can't just meditate, you know, all day, every day. I, <laughs> I have to like live my life. And um, how's, how's that going to work? Um, but that was the, that was the piece that, that it truly felt like a life raft um, in those moments. Yeah. So I want to go into more into the practices and, okay. and it, maybe if there's anything else you want to say along the way about what the internal process was, because like I said, you so closely notice that internal process. Actually, I know what I want to ask first. This default to figuring out, mm. like wanting to figure out what was happening, wanting to figure out the next strategy, you know, and I, I would say to you, you are so smart (laughs) (laughs) and you're really defaulting to that big, big brain. Um, And, and you were mentioning this want to know, like want to know the next thing to figure it out. So the question that I want to ask is when you looked at the strategy and you recognized in yourself, Oh, I want to be figuring this out. I want to know the next step with my mind. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you see that you were doing that? And then how has that changed over time? That's a good question. Um, So I think part of how I figured it out was you reflected that to me. Um, Part of how I figured it out was just knowing myself deeper and seeing that that's what was happening. And I think that the more that I noticed that meditation seemed to really be helpful the more aware I was that thinking was not proving to be very helpful. And it was, it's, I would say it's been a pretty steady process 
of letting go of the need to figure out. I mean, I, I'm, I feel like I'm embodying that now, but it's not necessarily been that long. Um, it's it, for me, it's been a challenge and I think it's part of my human design to investigate and to want certainty and to be assured. And so in many ways, it's been a little bit about trial and error um, or running an experiment, if you will. Like, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try. What if I try to not figure it out? Mm-hmm. And see what happens. But I will tell you that loads, lo- so much resistance mm-hmm. came up. I mean, it, w- it was not just an easy like, oh, let's try this and oh, it works and oh, great. It was definitely a spiral. Um, a lot of resistance would come up in that. A- and I think some of it was about safety, wanting. Mm-hmm to know in order to feel safe. And so I think I had to go in and look at some of the parts of me that that didn't feel safe, didn't feel heard, didn't feel like they could have a voice and allow those to come forth mm-hmm. before I could really... Um, kind of continue the experiment, if you will. Right. Because that cognitive really wanting to know or wanting to figure out is is a perceived safety also. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it but along the way I found that there were, you know, pieces of my childhood and my experience that led me to develop those strategies and to to have that perception that I was safe if yeah. I figured it out, if I knew. Um, and so I think really looking closely at that is is what has allowed me to go deeper into um being able to, for example, to, to have the full body yes and to say yes, even though I have no idea how or when or um, exactly how that's going to play out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, what you started with, that yes and then following the yes is sort of the 180 of, of that really wanting to grasp and to know. So the next question then that I want to ask is, um, you know, continuing down your journey, if you want to share that way in a timeline, or um, I want to know about the practices. Like I would love for you to share the practices that were really important to you. You started by saying that meditation um, Mm -hmm. was like a non-negotiable from, from the Mm -hmm. beginning you were, you were noticing that. And then, okay. So you're, you're on this path and um, 
<laughs> you were uh, getting like a fire hose to the face metaphor of, mm-hmm. of awakening. Um, yeah. And so the slowing down and the monitoring the, the cognitive mind that really, really w- wants to know. And then what other practices were you picking up and trying on and, you know, what stayed with you? And Sure. Well, I mean, I think if we start at the beginning, when I started working with you, you had questions for me about bodily sensations. Like what, how do you, what, what do you feel in your body? Where do you feel it? These types of things. And to be quite frank, like I didn't really know what you were talking about. Yeah. And I know that that might sound crazy to no. many people, no. but that, that, that was my experience. I didn't really know what that meant. And I just remember asking you like, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, can you give me some examples, you know? And, um, and so I, I think at the beginning was learning to notice my bodily sensations. Yeah. Can I just, I'm so, so sorry to interject. I, I want to say it's totally normal to, to not know. And that's why, you know, talking about it and, um, and helping women relearn it is, is such a passion because I didn't know it either. You know, I, I totally didn't. And I was relying on the cognition, like you're saying. Um, and so that theme I think is going to resonate with so many women like, Oh, cognition has kept me safe. You know, I can, I can uh, seemingly control my world when I stay in charge of my mind and, and of the situation. And so, yeah, like when we're coming back into this remembrance of the feminine, we need to begin to remember the body. And so, yeah, that's, I was like, let's talk sensations. Okay. Yeah. I'm passing it back to you, but I just wanted to say totally normal. So, I mean, I, I was, you know, I think I had kind of dabbled in doing body scans in meditation, but through our work together, like that kind of took that to a whole new level of being when my mind was still and doing a body scan to see, you know, okay, where, where am I? Where, where do I feel sensations? And of course, because I was still very attached to cognitive, cognitive. I was like, well, what is that telling me? What what does that mean? My, you know, I feel this uh, constriction in this part of my body. What does that mean? And trying to figure it out. Um, But the early stages of practices, I think, started, um, you know, with, with finding meditation, with noticing my body, which now I can't imagine not noticing my body. And I think that's maybe why it feels crazy. But um, so it started there. And I think from there, I mean, I have always, I have been a person that really likes to write. I like to journal. I like to write poetry. But I was really far removed from that. And so I came back to that. And I am able to find a lot of clarity in writing that I can't necessarily find or access in other ways. 
um, about myself and what's going on inside of myself. So I began really journaling and writing poetry and allowing that to come forth. And one of the things that I began to notice was I really struggled with sitting still. Um, and so I began finding ways to sit still. Um, you know, I started, I think I started by coloring, you know, um, I started just looking for ways where I was being forced to sit still. Um, but yet there was a little bit of something like whether it was knitting or just something that where I wasn't producing something, I wasn't being productive. Um, but I needed something to ease because that was a really hard transition for me from the, just the doing, the managing, the efforting, the being um, in charge of things to to slowing way down yeah. and to allowing myself to do things that weren't productive. Yeah, you know, it didn't by, result in something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they weren't on the to-do list kind of thing. Yeah. And so I would say that that was part of it. And then, and then I just had this awareness. Someone reflected to me about how I used to sing. And so I started singing and singing more and more. And I ended up completely ditching listening to the news, like in the car on the commute and just would sing my heart out, like on my way to work every day. And then I joined a community chorus to allow that to really have a moment to flourish. And and I just would go to that and would feel like, yes, this is a part of me. Yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was about kind of trying on different things like that and seeing what would stick. I started going to doing a lot more yoga and um, to, to find some stillness, but also be in flow. I started... Um, doing, I, I, I would swim in the mornings and I just remember having a place where I could do what felt like a moving meditation. Like every time I would do a flip turn and glide off the wall of the swimming pool, it would be an opportunity to like return to mm-hmm. the present moment. Um, this so embodied it, meditation. Yeah. 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 So a lot of it was just sort of following what seemed to speak to me in a moment and being like, okay, I'm going to try this and yeah. see, see how it feels. And that right there, like following your own breadcrumbs, following those, those twinges of, oh, my body wants to be in the water. Oh, right. I like the way the flow feels on my body in the water, you know, and then just following those little breadcrumbs and giving it to yourself, letting yourself have it. And, you know, and, and I, I just, 
I really came to know that my only limitations are ones that I put upon myself. Mm. Okay. So let's, can, (laughs) that's a deeper layer right there. (laughs) So I have another question because what I was planning to ask you, and this is a great segue is noticing what was happening internally and how along the way did you make what was uncomfortable in this process? How did you try to make that about other people? And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, and I want to just sort of say broadly for the audience, this lends toward a conversation of when we are waking up as modern women, does that mean that our lives turn on their heads? Like, does that mean that we leave the marriage? Does that mean that we leave the job? You know, we've talked about this before on the podcast um, and we, we approach it different ways and each soul is doing, doing the thing, but yeah, speak to that, please. Your journey of wanting to make this about other people and learning that it was about yourself. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely did that. And so on the surface right now today, little in my life and my external life appears different. Hmm. So if you didn't know me, I'm still married to the same person. I still live in the same house. I still have the same job. I still have, you know, two children. So externally, there was not, nothing radical changed. That doesn't mean that I didn't maybe think about those things. But I came to know even pretty early on when I was kind of deep in projection of things that wherever you go, there you are. Mm. And trying to change things that were external to me in hopes that it would bring internal peace just was not my journey. Um, I tried it. I never, you know, I, I kind of went through the process of thinking lots of things were about other people. Lots of the dissonance that I was feeling in my body. I thought it was about lots of, you know, in, in my relationship and my marriage in the way that I interacted with my children, you know, maybe it's my job that doesn't allow me to show up authentically. Um, and that was, you know, definitely a part of the process. And as I was, you know, close noticing and realizing that actually it was about me, um, there was definitely like a, oh, shit. Like it would be <laughs> way easier to change outside <laughs> than to change inside. Um And, you know, I definitely had a lot of resistance um, to that, to some of those reflections that, "Mm, are you sure this is not about, you know, something inside of you? And, and I mean, and I think you can look, you can take that to all different scales. It can be the most simplistic things that, that I 
can look to change my external environment to major life choices and decisions. I mean, it can be everything from my house is cluttered. I want to get rid of stuff and looking to clear the clutter as if it would change and, and I would feel different on the inside. Yeah. And so it was a journey for sure. Um, and, and one that required a lot of grace because it was messy um, many times along the path. But I've just come to know that changing things externally in a big way would, would not change my insides. Yeah. And Which that, is- you know, and, and that's where it comes back to that moment of recognizing that the, my only limitations are ones that I'm putting on myself. Hey, it's Sarah. I believe that every woman has a truth that she's not yet telling, and that to own that truth changes and even saves her life. I have built a practice to help women own their truths, and at sarahpoet.com, you'll find trauma-sensitive tools, practices, meditations, and a new e-course for shifting from silence to owning your sacred truth. All of my work is trauma-informed and yet helps to heal the trauma and build your core capacity to live in your own essence. I'm available for one-on-one support in one-hour sessions or longer-term coaching increments. You can schedule a 15-minute consultation to tell me how living in your silence about what is true for you is impacting your life. Together, we remove the barriers to your authentic and sacred self and help to heal the historical trauma of what it has meant to be a woman on the planet at this time. And you know what? Everything changes when we own the truth of who we are and follow the path of sacred remembering. I believe that it is the formula for changing everything from personal to global change. Book now at sarahpoet.com. Which is not to say that you didn't engage the people that you share your life with in some of your, your experience with evolution, because you did, you, you invite it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not making it about whether or not they change, um, you know, determining how you are able to live your internal life. Absolutely. And I just, I can't stress enough how hard that was. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can hear this and you can say, yeah, that makes sense. But to truly do it and embody it and believe it, um, it, it was very hard. Yeah. I really want to honor that. And, and I want to lift this up. I think we lifted this up in episode four, where we were talking about how you don't have to leave your life in an awakening. Right. And that was my path. It was, it was all I knew to do. I do trust it. I absolutely trust that um, if I had, well, it would have just been a different life. I like my life. (laughs) And um and yet I recognize that I was escaping something, you know, like I didn't, I didn't stay and do all of this learning inside of 
my marriage and inside of my career. But it hit me later in a very big way after walking this like deep soul journey, sort of having left and how hard it was to leave the career, you know, Mm -hmm. and the marriage, but that was like five or six years ago now. And, but the career two years ago, um, you know, there's so much that happens in that space and so much um, identity, like reformation. But I think that what's really hitting me these days is that women, modern women waking up, when we're doing that inside of our careers, like inside of the modern world, then we are the same way that we're transmuting ourselves from the inside, we're, we're transmuting the modern world from the inside. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I will say that I have been fortunate in that my personal journey of awakening has coincided with things in my workplace where there is really a cultural shift that's underway. And so there has been a space for me to engage and explore and deepen within my existing job that many might not have. Wow. That's amazing. I want to hear more about that because I remember when we were working together, we were actually um, looking at like dress and embodiment and how you were going to work. And then you started to change some ways that you were dressing going to work, but you were often in meetings with a lot of like very serious white men. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I love hearing that the workplace has also shifted in some ways. Ooh, that feels alchemical, Megan. Like maybe you mm-hmm. in that space is actually impacting that space. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I, I mean, so without giving too many details, so I work in the nonprofit world, but it's a very large organization. Um, and things were afoot at grander scales that allowed for a cultural shift to be, you know, to kind of come about. And I have fully embraced that and, and walked right into it. Uh, And so it feels, you know, in many ways, it feels universally timed Mm -hmm. that there's, there's a timing that is, um, allowing for that to come through. Like a, a time mate, when you say universal, I say collective, you mean the same thing. Like it, it's, yeah, I think that yeah. there's enough people within the organization that we're having this awakening coupled with our external world and lots of things that yeah. are going on at this time period that it was, there was some greater force that was cause, that is causing that, and I do think that um, how many having so many people within the organization awakening at the same time mm. has definitely been a part of the organization's journey. 
And I'm wondering if, again, without going too specific, you can share some examples of what you're referencing. Um, So we, uh, let me think about that for a minute. I think living into our values, like as a nonprofit organization, we had values, statements, and the work that we did externally is and was excellent and continues to be. But I think that there was um, an, an increased awareness that within the workplace that there was a lot more room for excellence related to living our values. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's really reflecting that internal process that you were talking about, like making the work personal. Mm. Yeah. And it's really, it's systems change and it's, you know, be the agent of change. So there's a lot of empowerment um, and a lot of opportunities if you choose to want that growth. Um, and so I think, so I just want to say that because some people might awaken and then feel like, wait, but my job is not anything like I want it to be. <laughs> um, and so, as you mentioned, I think there is to, to some degree, there may be opportunities for you to be that change. Um, and to, for me, it was a part of, you know, feeling like, well, maybe my workplace didn't allow me to be authentically myself, bring my whole self to work. And then I had to ask myself, well, what is my role in this? Yeah. What am I not allowing? What am I not giving myself permission to do or to, to ways to show up? Right. Yeah. And right there, I'll just add to you, like, you know, soul sister to soul sister. So I left my job and I, I had created the school. Um, so it was, and it was only 18 months into the creation and and so when I left my career, it was very painful. There was a lot that happened. And I will say that two days ago, like I'm, I'm in the unveiling and healing of a deep shadow that when I left, there was that shadow within me, that unconscious material that I was, you know, hoping to evade potentially like by leaving it. And it just now came up to fully resolve Mm -hmm. two years later. You know, so like that was in me. That was in me when I left is my point to your point. Right. And so I think then this is all, you know, uh, to me, it comes back to that quote, wherever you go, there you are, you know, you have the baggage and you take it with you. Um, And so you can choose to either look inside your bag and go through or to take it with you to the next, the next relationship, the next job, the next, you know, whatever the next thing is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, honestly, there are moments when things are really challenging to me and the way that I 
center myself and stay present in the moment when maybe I want to run away is by having an internal dialogue that says, well, you can learn this lesson now mm. or you can learn it in the next, the next time this repeats. Wow. And when I say that, that to myself, whether it's, you know, with my children, marriage and my work, whatever it is, I'm, I always am like, no, I want to choose it now. I want to know now. Um, and that's because I think that comes from an awareness of trying to pay attention to the nudges, the pebbles that come into my awareness before it's a brick. Yeah. Like thrown at the head. And so <laughs> when I'm like, oh, this feels dissonant. I want to run away. I don't want to stay or whatever it is. I, I have that dialogue with, well, you can learn it now or you can learn it the next time. And so then I just stop and breathe. And I say, oh, I want to learn it now and stand still and breathe and regulate and, you know, and stay in that moment. Yeah. Megan, I feel like we just hit the why of this episode, like the the archetypal why that you're holding. Thank you so much for for sharing that wisdom inside of of this life as a modern woman. Absolutely. Who is like awake as fuck. <laughs> and I will say, you know, you have you have um reflected to me that I have close noticing. And and I do. I that is true. But I will say that sometimes that gets me in trouble because it gets me into swirling in my mind. Um and so sometimes it's, I mean, it's a wonderful thing that I have that close noticing, but sometimes I have to actively choose to um, stop trying to understand it or to figure it out or to really explore it. Right. Just notice the moment and, and, and stop there. Right. And you know, I always bring it back to feminine, masculine. That's part of what I do. And so your cognition, like this very strong, uh, attuned masculine mm. has the notice. And then what you're talking about with that decision to say, okay, I'm going to learn this now, or, okay, I'm going to honor the yes that I feel in my body and lean into it. Like that's your feminine that's now on board. Right. And so you're you're really, you know, from from where I'm sitting, from my judgment, you're embodying that that flow of masculine, feminine, you know, the feminine informs the masculine, the masculine mm -hmm. makes decisions and then opens up to the feminine flow again. And yeah, like it it's that internal balance and dance. And so we don't dishonor the cognitive. I think I wanted to say that, you know. Right. We, we don't, all of those things that have served us are traits that we don't need to abandon um, on the journey, but it, you've balanced right. them. Yeah. But, it, but I think before I could balance them, I mean, I think similar to your journey, I, I did, I did say like, oh no, I can't be structured. I can't be, mm -hmm. you know, like this, the, the, that's, that's gotten me 
to this place and that's not where I want to be. So I had to kind of walk away from it for a bit yeah. before I could truly understand, uh, like in my body, that the structure um, that my mind can create really is what allows the rest to unfold. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And there's such a, an immense self-trust in that. Yes. Trust and surrender have been, yes, with me every step of the way. It has been, you know, learning how to, to trust myself, how to, how to surrender to the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So beautiful. Megan, thank you so much for being here. I want to ask if there's anything else arising in you to share as a last thought for today. Yeah. So I would just, I would just say, you know, at every step, no matter how small, feels like there comes a choice point to align with ourself for me. A choice to be present in this moment fully and to notice, you know, patterns, programming, beliefs, conditions. And for me and my journey, sometimes it felt really daunting as the awareness began to flood in. And there were certainly stretches where it was like, oh, can I go back? Hmm. But the price for going back was is so enormous and it is like the cost of myself. Yeah. And the only other choice that exists is to go through. And Mm -hmm. so having support, if you are someone that's experiencing this makes a huge difference. That is, you know, support that's steady and constant for a while finding someone that you can that you really deeply resonate with that you know has that you know who has gone through themselves hmm. is the is really the best kind of gift you can give yourself i have found hmm. and for me it was because i felt like having that support in someone else they could you know i i did this with sarah and i felt like you could see my blind spots and and mm. raise a lantern while I was there kind of fumbling around in the dark. Yeah, because we're not meant to do it alone. And, you know, some people say, well, what could you do it without? Yes, you absolutely can do it without. And you will, like, you mm-hmm. know, your soul will, you will rumble through it. But it, I won't say it makes it easy, but it's certainly easier. And I would garner to say quicker yeah to have support and um you know for me when i spoke with sarah on the phone it was that full body yes like oh i'm desperate and yes i want to work with you and you know then i had to kind of convince my mind to get online and to spend money and to to do the things that were going to make that happen yeah. And I also want to lift up there because this happens for so, so many women. And, and 
I hope that it's okay that I say this. Like you also had to walk that walk with your husband. Like I am going to spend money on this. And then there was, there was some vacillation. And then you went and got your haircut by a dear woman who who had worked with me prior, like all in the same day. And that was was divine. (laughs) It was. (laughs) That was divine. But I really, you know, that piece about like, I need to ask my husband and I need to convince my husband that I am worth investing in is I can't tell you how big that is for so, so, so many women. Like I see that all the time. Mm. Um, You know, nearly every woman that, well, that's not fair to say, but many women who did not sign up for my mastermind, that was why. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that conversation is so terrifying. It's so um, extraordinary to say, Mm. I'm going to invest in myself and walk a walk a soul path for the first time, like out loud with someone else. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's such an act of courage. And um, I'm so glad we got to do it together. <laughs> so glad me to know you. Too. <laughs> oh, you mean so much to me. Thank you so, so, so much. And um, I feel like this episode was um, just medicine. So thank you, Megan, for sharing your story. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with this anonymous and brave as fuck guest. What I really appreciate so, so deeply about Megan is her willingness to learn, to dive in, to sit with herself. Thank you, Megan, for exemplifying what this courage to go through really looks like. And doubly, thank you for sharing your story here with us. It's so inspiring. And to everyone, to all listeners, keep going. We go through, we go through the hardship, and then there we find the core of ourselves. We go to our truths, and we do it together. Please reach out if you need support. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.